Welcome to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Hello and welcome to episode 179 of the Rotten Views Podcast. Thank you again for showing up to another new episode. Or, if this is your first episode, thank you for randomly picking this movie to be your very first episode. I'm not sure why this would be your first episode, because this is a very obscure movie. Um, but thank you nonetheless if this is your first time listening to the podcast. I know at the intro, it's like sometimes I question why people are listening. Because if it's a first time movie, when I'm doing this intro, I actually haven't watch the movie yet so i don't know if the movie's gonna be good i don't know if the movie's gonna suck um it's a movie that i haven't personally heard too many people talk about but we are watching for today uh, from 1981 hospital massacre also known as x-ray depending on where you're looking at on imdb it comes up as x-ray but when you look it up on google it says hospital massacre it's a horror crime movie for an hour and 29 minutes uh, but before we get into this movie at hand just like i want to put a little bit of business out there just in case for those listeners that don't make it all the way to the end which if you don't i understand i get bored to listen to me talk as well but that's besides the point i just want to take a little bit of time to do a little bit of self-promoting um if you guys don't know i'm an artist as well as doing the podcast also i do live streams i do live streams on youtube we'll get to that point in a minute but if you want to see any of the artwork at all feel free to follow me on all social media accounts all links will be down in the description below of course but it's at typhon sign we have the x account we have the instagram page uh we have the facebook page but the main thing that we are working on the most is that youtube channel where we have the community post as well where i'm going to start posting the artwork more we have the shorts going up we have the weekly gaming video that drops every single wednesday and we've almost been doing nightly live streams as well a couple hours a night usually 8 p.m to 10 10 10 30 p.m eastern time of course um but they're a lot of fun been playing a lot of gta online we're going to switch it up a little bit we're going to get some texas chainsaw massacre in there as well uh because i haven't been playing that game and i really do want to get back into that game maybe we'll get back into dead by daylight i'm not really sure yet uh we have days days gone that i haven't played at all and i've owned it since it came out and there's a bunch of other games i want to play as well uh, we're going to get back into the ninja game as well um, because I know I just want to switch up the content a little bit for the weekly gaming video because lately the last couple weeks it's been uh, GTA related and just chopping up the live streams and making fun little videos of that but you know that being said hopefully you guys will check out the YouTube channel maybe you know that subscribe button turn on bell notifications that way you get notified every time i post a new video but if not hopefully i'll keep seeing you guys here on the podcast platform and uh feel free to leave a star rating if you're on spotify or a review if you're on apple or whatever there might be for reviews on Castbox and whatever else i'm not really too sure to be honest with you guys so enough of that now that we got a whole last stuff out of the way we can actually talk about the movie at hand the reason why you clicked it unless it's saved on your weekly updates and you have it automatically downloaded i appreciate it but for the any new 
first time listeners for what i do with this podcast i talk about a movie from start to finish hit all the points in between that interests me so if you don't want to be spoiled on a movie that came out in 1981 feel free to pause it now you can find a free copy of it on youtube and i think there might be a copy on tubi from what i've seen i don't know if it's accurate or not i haven't checked the tubi app out in a little bit sorry tubi you're still great just with there being so much free stuff on youtube i can't just get away from it because there's between the free old movies that you can't find anywhere else unless it's on tubi and then all the other content creators that are in the same genre or like the same things that i like it youtube's a great platform it might not make you as much money as some people say anymore but it's still a fun platform nonetheless and we're just here to build a community that's the main thing that we're trying to do around everything we're trying to get the gaming community the podcast community the review community the art community all together in one little little hub maybe we'll make a discord at some point in time maybe we'll make a patreon who knows you know the we don't know what 2024 is holding for us yet it's going to be a fun year uh we got a bunch of more um wrestling art coming out uh, i've actually have a few commissions i need to get caught up on for wrestling related pieces we have more danny devito pieces coming up i'm hopefully going to get it so i can have five new danny De- devito sketches each and every week so it's of my what if series i'm gonna start posting those in the community uh tab section here on youtube a little bit more so definitely go check those out they're fun they're just a little fun mashup and i'm also going to be doing my what if cartoon mashup piece where i go online do a random generator pick two just have two sections any two cartoons and mash them together i have no idea what's going to be i have no preferences i just let the uh, ai system pick two cartoons for me and i mash them together and maybe we'll auction some of those off and like i said once we hit thousand subs as well on youtube we're going to be giving away some free artwork definitely go hit that sub button share that share the podcast share the youtube channel it all helps out in the end in the long run so i appreciate it nonetheless that being said i'm pretty much just going off on a tangent right now um it's eight o'clock in the morning when i'm doing this podcast because my daughter is not feeling well today so it's a home day for me and her so i'm well she's in bed resting to get better for school tomorrow i figured might as well take the time do the podcast so we're gonna get into the movie right at hand right now so like i said earlier we're watching hospital massacre or also known as x-ray it's from 1981 it's a horror crime movie for an hour and 29 minutes it has a 4.9 out of 10 on imdb 2.7 out of 5 on letterbox and 32 percent on just watch Apparently 75% of Google users like this movie. Uh, initial release date was April... It doesn't say the date. It actually says the year. It uh, came out in 1982. Even though the movie was made in 81, apparently. We'll go with it. The synopsis on Google reads, uh, Mad Harold searches a hospital to find the patient who refused to be his Valentine 19 years before. I mean, this is kind of convenient. I didn't know this was actually Valentine's related. Seeing that we're in the month of February now. So this kind of works out. I, I totally had this planned out ahead of time. Definitely. 100% of course this movie is uh, written and directed by someone named Bose Davidson I'm hoping I pronounce his first name correct uh, he's best known for being the producer for 2010's Expendables he was the writer for the 1978 Lemon Popsicle which I've never heard of before he's also the producer on the 2016 movie I believe Criminal and he was also the producer for the 2006 movie The Contract uh, apparently he's had a 187 producing uh, credit and for a reason this one's gonna come up on his like his top rated ones but he was also the executive producer for Rambo Last Blood. The other writer credit for this film is Mark 
Bem. Uh, he's also credited for being the writer for 1963's Charid, uh, 1967's The Blonde from Peking, uh, the writer for 1965's Help, and the writer for 1999's Eye of the Beholder. All of movies I've never even seen or heard of, to be honest with you. And looking at his other listings on INDB, I don't know any of his movies at all, so we're just going to go with it. And as always, what I'd like to start doing is like looking at the cast a little bit, maybe the top three people listed on INDB and seeing what they've been in. So our lead, or what I believe is the lead, is uh, Barbie Benton playing Suzanne Jeremy. Uh, she's best known for uh, apparently this movie. She's also been in six episodes of The Love Boat from 1978 to 87. She's also been in eight episodes of Fancy Island from 1978 to 1982. Let me jump over to our other lead, um, Charlie. Lucia, who's playing Harry. He's best known for being in 26 episodes of Days of Our Lives from 1977 to 1993. He's also Captain Darouche in 1995's Tank Girl, as well as Jim Whitney in 1989's Society. The final person we're going to talk about in this movie is is John Van Ness, who's playing Jack. Um, Nothing really to talk about, but I'm going to do a callback to one of my other episodes of the podcast, where he played Jerry in the 1979 movie Terrorist Trap, which is a fun movie. I I recall it vaguely. Um, Don't have a good memory on it, uh, as I've just been watching so many movies, but I definitely enjoyed that movie, so definitely go check that out. And this probably reason why I don't remember it that well, because it was episode 86 of this podcast, so go check that one out if you want to. Fun the tagline for this movie there's no recovery at hospital massacre apparently this film was shot at night in an actual abandoned hospital that's the trivia on imdb that actually makes it kind of fun not gonna lie but anyways enough about that we're actually gonna get into the movie at presents saturday night at the movies the television series which each week brings you the finest in recent motion pictures tonight isn't this the hospital where they had all that trouble last year what trouble some patient ran amok or something Oh, please. I'll see you in a minute. You think you could get that result for me so I could be on my way and I wouldn't have to hang around here all day? I'm afraid we're going to have to keep you here for a while. I'm going to be a little bit late, sweetheart. Get undressed. Don't open the door for anybody, okay? What is going on here? Somebody's trying to play a con job on you. I wonder who it is. feel perfectly fine. Let's get out of here. Going somewhere? I don't want a private room. I want out. Jumping, Chris. You scared the shit out of me. Hospital's going crazy. Hand 
where we first see it coming in and we see that lovely image saying that it's a canon film and then as the intro credits are playing we actually see a bunch of x-rays and then we just see a skull pop up an x-ray of a skull and it says x-ray on it so we're we're watching you know depending on it's uploaded as hospital massacre which is apparently the original title but then they finally changed it to x-ray later on so that might be why the release date says 1982 instead of 81 on google i'm not really too sure i'll put both in the description anyways it doesn't matter in the title and then we see a shot of a like nice fall maybe day outside of the house and it just says suzanne's house 1981 i believe it was and then we go inside and we see two kids playing with an electric train set and we can definitely tell that this is a valentine's day themed movie because there's valentine's day hearts and decorations all over the house and then we see this little boy standing outside the house creeping in the window just looking like a young little serial killer stalker then we see him slowly lurking around outside as he goes to the front door where he's putting a red card envelope on the like bottom of the door and he's using the, the door knocker i guess is what they called it back in the day and of course the little girl of the two kids inside is like i'll go see who's at the door of course she opens up the door looks outside doesn't see anything then she turns around and says, oh look a red envelope on the ground i guess i might as well pick this up maybe it's uh something cool then we see her with her little brother in the living room by the train set and she's opening up the card and he's like who's that from and they see that's from harold and they both start laughing about it. and you know the little brother crumbles it up and throws it down on the ground they're laughing while harold is outside the window still looking in like a creep stalker then the little sister or the sister in general goes to the kitchen area to grab a giant knife not even a small it's like a mini freaking machete and she's walking around looking like a creep like she's going to kill someone and then she just cuts a cake in half and then she hears some noise coming from the living room and she says to her brother hey david you need to quit it and we hear some more noise happening from the living room and then she goes into the living room to go check and that's when we then see david is hanging from a, a coat hanger or sorry, a coat rack, and she's freaking out about it, and then she looks out at the window, and we see Harold hanging off the windows, looking in, creepy laugh, and then we see the train still going around on the electric track as the, the Valentine's Day card from Harold is crumpled up in between the tracks as the train keeps going around it. And then we cut, and it's 19 years later. And then we see Susan... Uh, walking around and her kid runs over to her and says, Mommy, Mommy. She's like, what are you doing here? Daddy had to drop me off early. He's got stuff to do. Uh, clearly, they're not together anymore. And then this car pulls up and honks the horn and the ex-Tom's like, ah, oh, there's Mr. Right there. And then uh, Susan just leaves her kid with the uh, the father, which is, you know, understandable. You know, being a parent, I've uh, always loved time with my child, but if you're supposed to, you know, take turns, you know, dividing up the, the time and space, but I guess if it wasn't the scheduled time, I guess you can't take it. I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to touch on that side. Subject. It's a touchy subject for most people, probably, I assume. Anyway, Susan gets in the car with her new boyfriend, husband, whatever it might be. He's like, oh, that asshole trying to drop off my kid early. He's like, uh all right and the new guy's dropping suzanne at, off at the hospital and he's like hey wasn't this a hospital where they're having issues like last year you know some patient ran amok and she just laughs about it she's like ha, ha, i'll be out in a minute don't worry about it. no crazy's gonna get me anyways we see susan walking into the hospital and we see this doctor with the full face mask and everything on watching from the window looking like a creep and then we find out she's going to the hospital to see how her checkup went and this is something you don't see anymore at all ever because inside the hospital it's actually fully decorated for valentine's you know it could have been put on for the movie just to make the, the setting seem more real but i'm assuming back in the day they would have set up some things every now and then but this hospital is fully decked out with uh, valentine's day ornaments and tinsel and other crap all over the place which i thought was kind of a nice little touch anyways the whole time she's there and she's leaving going to her doctors to check out the test results the janitor is watching her very very creepily as he's holding his mop and he just looks like he's ready to kill somebody anyways then susan gets into the elevator and she's looking over and we just see a guy who looks like they're 
are dead inside the elevator with her. And then we see red stuff dropping on her shoes, and white shoes, and we think it's blood, but it seems like it's a, a, a patient, maybe? And he's eating the, the messiest ketchup burger or sandwich I've ever seen in my life because he's got what looked like blood all over his face and his fingers, but apparently it's just ketchup? Maybe hot sauce? Most likely ketchup, though. I'm assuming ketchup. Now, I'm assuming he's a patient of some sort, or maybe he's just a drunk because he starts talking to her. He's like, you have a good day right now, mister. And then we see from someone else's point of view, it's the killer's point of view as he's walking around a dark hallway and he's got a young picture of Suzanne up on the wall in the circle frame and we hear some whispering and talking to him and it's just like you see someone touching that picture and they got white medical gloves on as well and then we see Suzanne who's supposed to be going to the A4 but the elevator opens up at the ninth floor and she's just greeted by three people with gas mask on being like you're on the wrong floor you better get out of here before you get sick and then she gets trapped in the elevator because we see a random hand pulling down on the lever and then the elevator just stops and she starts pounding on the door being like help me please stuck in the elevator now and then we see this random dr jacobs being you know paged to the ninth floor just trying to use the elevator but the elevator is not coming at all so she's like fine i'll take goddamn staircase up i forget what the people in the gas mask said was going on then like the ninth floor but she starts going up the staircase and it's just full of like a smoke or maybe some kind of smog or some kind of gas leak i'm not sure what the hell is going on at this point in time but we just see that dr jacobs walking with a towel up against her face for the most part be like huh i wonder what all this uh, smog is about in here anyways we see the doctor up up top walking through this ninth floor and some things are like spooking her out and then she sees like a, a what looks to be a body on a gurney underneath a sheet and she's looking at it all confused being like hmm i wonder why that's there and then she pulls the sheet back and it's just a mannequin underneath it like you work here don't you wouldn't you know what's pretty much on almost every single floor i'm assuming i'm assuming that's how kind of a hospital works you have a little bit more knowledge about your surroundings maybe maybe i'm just uh stupid i don't know and then she hears like a locker door moving a bit and then we see one single locker standing over in the other side of the wall so then she goes over to go check it out as the the typical horror music with the high-pitched squealing starts playing a little bit which is personally something i enjoy a lot i love the 80s style horror music a lot anyway she opens up the locker and to her surprise uh, nothing interesting is found inside of it but then when she goes to close that locker door our killer harry comes around the corner like grabs her by the back of the face and then pushes her up against the wall and we just see him repeatedly stabbing her over and over again and then we see a switch on the elevator popping open again and the lights turn on in the elevator and we think the elevator is probably going to work now at this point in time that way susan can stop screaming her face off asking for help she gets out of the elevator finally and then on the reception over the pa system we hear a doctor being paged again which i thought was nice and they're paging dr carpenter of course you know john carpenter reference i assume at least and then we cut and see from our killer's perspective as he's going to dr jacob office and he's stealing the Suzanne Jeremy uh, medical sheets for himself I guess or he's scribbling on them he's scribbling on the file folder at least or maybe he grabbed a random file and just put Susan's name on it because he's putting the name on it and that's when Susan's outside that office knocking on the door and she slowly starts to come in the office to talk to Dr. Jacobs who is now dead of course and then we see the killer hiding off in what might be a closet area I assume inside that office so then uh, Suzanne leaves the office and sits out on the bench outside and something else you don't see ever anymore she just takes out a pack of smokes and starts smoking inside the hospital 
And that's why there's so much smoke up on the ninth floor. Anyways, then we see, I believe it's the janitor. He's taking two mannequins up to the ninth floor to just, I guess that's where they're storing everything. That's why it's so goddamn smoky because there's so much dust up there. Anyways, once he's dropping these two mannequins off, he sees a bunch of blood dripping on the floor. He sees a blood on the sheet and he goes to pull a sheet back and it's just a paint can that's tipped sideways and dripping down off the, uh, the gurney bench, whatever it might be, table, medical table, I don't know. Anyways, then he picks up the paint can and goes to walk over to that one locker to put the paint can inside there, of course, of all places. And that's when we just see feet hanging from the top of the locker. And he looks all the way down the feet. And it's Dr. Jacobs. And she's dead inside the locker room. And then as he's leaving that room, he's met by what we assume is the killer. Because he's like, oh, Dr. Jacobs is dead. She's inside that locker. And the doctor just takes off down the hallway. And the janitor follows after him. And then they go into her room. And janitor's like, hey, where'd you go? I don't see you anywhere. And then inside that room, there's like a, a leaky tap because all we hear is just a tap dripping over and over again. And then the doctor comes behind the guy with these big, thick black gloves on and starts, you know, choking him out and slowly pushing his head into a sink, which we thought was full of water, but apparently it's acid. And I'm not sure how the acid's not destroying the whole sink, but we're not going to question things because now this guy's dead because he's just hanging off in the sink. And the doctor's all pissed off because now he's outside the hallway just slapping the wall for whatever reason screaming i don't know why maybe he didn't feel like killing the janitor maybe he was friends with the janitor for all we know guess we'll never find out though anyways then we see suzanne trying to use the payphone inside the hospital to try and call her ex and the ex tom there and tom's just sitting there with an orange stabbing it with his pocket knife and the daughter's like why won't she answer the phone he's like it's rather your mother i don't want to talk to her to be honest with you anyways the whole time she's trying to use the phone this other doctor just comes up behind her and just stands there staring at her like he's ready to kill her it's like doc you really gotta use the payphone you don't have a phone in an office somewhere that you could just use to save your 25 cents? No? Alright, we won't question it. I don't know where Suzanne's just like standing up against a wall still waiting for Dr. Jacobs to show up at some point. And we have this intentionally slow shot scene of this guy walking with a walker. As we just look at his feet, as he, you know, walks up to her then just stops at her and just stares. And that's all he does to the point where she's like, alright, I'm gonna walk away and get out of this spot because this hospital's a little bit weird. But is she gonna leave the hospital? No, she's still just gonna stay and wait for Dr. Jacobs to eventually show up to talk about her test results. I would have went home already and just, you know, maybe they could have called me later when stuff was actually figured out. Called me crazy, I guess, though. So. Anyway, she walks down a little bit farther and looks in a room and apparently it's a room with a bunch of old people that are just on pretty much life support and she's just staring at them as they all look like they're ready to die. Then <laughs> her doctor shows up he's like, uh, can I help you? Why are you watching the old people as they're trying to, you know, enjoy the last bit of their lives? And she walks into another office and the doctor's like, uh, can I help you? like, yeah, I'm looking for uh, Dr. Jacobs. Uh, do you know where she is? She's like, uh, she's not in her office? No, I've been there. I've been waiting. It's like, huh, weird. Sorry, not too long ago, though, I guess. Then she's just like to the random dog. So, like, can you go look at my test results and let me know what's going on so I can leave this place by now? Because uh, I'm tired of waiting, to be honest with you. And the doctor's like, no, of course not. Not without Dr. Jacobs, you know, uh, agreement. And then they walk down to Dr. Jacobs' office. and like, ah, come in. And just, he conveniently goes through and finds her folly. And though I'm not sure if she gave him her full name but you know we'll go with it then that we find out the doctor that she's with now is apparently just an intern so they need to go find an md so they can sign off on the sheets to look over the test results apparently and that intern takes them to see dr Sachs, and, and dr Sachs is like i can't dr jacobs just see your test results and they well we can't find her anywhere to be honest with you the intern then leaves and dr saxon sits down with uh suzanne to go over her result and he's looking at the x-rays he's looking at them all confused and looking at suzanne and she, suzanne's like so uh dr 
Dr. Saxon, is this going to take too long? Dr. Saxon's like, uh, excuse me for a second. I need to leave this office with your files right now and take a look at something just quickly. Yeah, and see if I can talk to uh, Dr. Jacobs or anyone else, to be honest with you at this point. And then while she's waiting, she's like, ah, I see a telephone. I'm just going to call my ex-husband, Tom. And she calls the, the house phone. Of course, there's no cell phones back then. And then um, the daughter picks up. She's like, can you, hi, honey. Can you give me your father? He's like, he went out. I don't know where he went. He's just, he's not here, though. He went out somewhere. And then she's like, uh, okay. Uh, make sure you don't open the door for anyone, okay, honey? I love you. Bye. So more fuel to the fire for Suzanne to hate her ex-husband, of course. And then we see two female nurses open the door. And she's like, uh, Miss Jeremy, Suzanne, would you please come with us? Uh, Dr. Saxon is waiting for you. It's like, um, okay. We find out the whole reason why Suzanne is having this checkup. Apparently, she's been promoted and she needs a new checkup. That way, she can get approved for, you know, employment or the benefits and whatnot. And this is the whole reason why she's there, just for a basic checkup. And apparently, the files are wrong because we saw the serial killer um, switch them out earlier. And then the two nurses leave, and Dr. Jacob or Dr. Saxon's like, So, uh, I need to take off all your clothes. And he points over to like the little changing area. He's like, Yeah, you need to go over there. Go take off your clothes. Please. Yeah, we are watching a horror movie or is this going to take a weird turn here now but i don't know we'll have, we'll have to wait and find out and of course it wouldn't be an 80s horror movie if we didn't see the doctor just standing on the other side of the divider watching her as she fully strips down each piece of clothing and then her doctor comes in he's like ah, i've been looking for dr jacobs for a while now and i have no idea where she went and she's like well we got to find her soon because this person over here got some really weird extras up as we then see susan coming over to the table where she sits down because he asked her to sit down of course and she's got the gown on and for whatever reason he just pulls the gown right off and then it's like well, why'd you give her the gown to put on in the first place if you're just going to take it off of her and like he takes the gown off just so you can put the thing on her back to listen to her breathing so i'm not sure why you need to take it off her because like it's fully open on the back you see her whole backside i don't know why you need her to take it off oh yeah silly me 80s horror movie that's why then he makes her lay down on the table and he's like feeling her leg above her knee and it's like i have no point in time did i ever see any x-ray that dealt with her legs at all it was all like the stomach area he finally makes his way up to the stomach area of course and then we see from outside the the area you see this guy named hal who was the drunk guy in the elevator with the the burger and then nurse comes up he's like hal what are you doing up here you gotta go back to your ward you're not supposed to be up here so is Hal a drunk or a patient or like, is he a drunk doctor? I have no idea who Hal is or what he is. And then the Dr. Saxon's doing his whole exam and everything. And then he puts like an elastic band around her arm and gets a, a giant syringe. And she's just staring at me like, uh, what are you doing? And she's like, ah, nothing to see here. Just taking some of your blood. Don't worry about it. I've never known you could take blood while someone's laying down. I thought they always had to be like sitting up, you know, to get the blood flow going. I don't know. I'm no doctor. What do I know? Because then we see a nurse. Uh, taking Suzanne who's in her like a gown at this point in time to a room full of other ladies that don't look happy one actually looks really pissed off another one's just got like this music instrument and she's just banging her hand on it and she's like how long do I have to stay there here and there's just like ah just till the results are back in don't worry about it it's like I can't go home and you just call me later I got stuff to do and then we see our killer doctor upstairs on that ninth floor just moving a whole medical cart full of body parts by the looks of it then we see the ex-husband Tom finally coming home and at this point his daughter 
daughter is already passed out on the couch covered up in a blanket and he's not the greatest parent because he leaves that butterfly knife like switchblade open on the cat the coffee table the whole time while he's gone bad bad parent then we see suzanne trying to make a phone call again and the whole time like your new husband or boyfriend is he still waiting outside for you by chance he's probably bored as fuck at this point anyways nobody picks up the phone the phone's like dead and then we see drunk hal stumbling out of the room following suzanne let me see one of the nurses she's typing up the the medical report for suzanne jeremy one of the other nurses comes and asks if she wants to go for coffee like no no i'm good i got my pair i'm fine and then we just see a hand like hiding behind the one door because we assume the killer is now stashed behind a door in this uh secretary's office report office i'm not sure what the medical term would be anyways the nurse typing up the report uh goes over to the closet to grab like the blood vials out to add into the report and when she goes to close that door we see our killer come out behind the door literally puts his hand over her mouth again and then off scene uh kind of you see like one or two steps in camera view but he just starts wailing on her and then you know he pushes her into looks to be like another closet and then he puts another report inside the typewriter and disappears let me see that intern coming in he's just taken the report off of the typewriter and just walked away with it assuming that it's the right one i guess maybe because the killer put the name on it and he takes it back to dr saxon's office where the, another doctor's waiting and they look over the the report together and they're like hmm nothing makes sense at all and then the doctor says like this is pretty much a death warrant and one of the other doctors is like you know these symptoms don't make sense because these symptoms are pretty much the cowboy guy that's in the other ward and i'm assuming maybe the medical sheets are messed up and then the nurse that went to to go talk to the typewriter lady to see if she wanted to come out for coffee she goes to check sees that the room's empty opens up the closet door the body falls out then she's running down the hallway and she runs into our killer being like hey it's uh, such and such is you know dead and he kills her puts her on a, a wheelchair and just literally throws her into a room and walks away then dr saxon shows up with two nurses like so susan um you're gonna have to stay here a while and uh you can't leave at all she's like can you tell me if it's serious he's like ah come on doc you gotta tell me it's serious and he's like ah it might be to be honest with you so you gotta stay a while so then yeah susan being freaked out she's like okay i'm gonna light her cigarette because i'm just gonna get lung cancer because uh this is too crazy i can't deal with this then the other three ladies are staring at susan and they're all like huddled together and the one lady's like oh she can't be sick she's so young and lovely then the older lady that's got the music thing or the rattle like yeah young but dead and rotten on the inside and susan goes to leave the room and then she bumps into harry he's the intern he's a, he's like oh wow look at you you're up and moving around it's like nothing's wrong he's like i gotta get out of here nothing is wrong with me uh these people are going crazy around me and i can't deal with it right now so please let me leave the hospital anyways then the intern takes suzanne into a room and she's, he's like you gotta be very quiet this is against the law i gotta check on something he unlocks the filing cabinet and then we hear the door open a little bit and they tuck off against the wall that's when we see our killer peek his head in but then he just walks away and then harry looks at the medical report and he's like oh well look at that we'll have you out of here in an hour baby don't you worry just go back to your ward and we'll, we'll get this all settled let me see a shot from outside the hospital and it's nighttime clearly and uh yeah uh, susan's new husband boyfriend is still there because he's passed out in the car and he wakes up because he hears car horns and he's looking at his watch like huh i wonder uh, what's taking her so goddamn long and then the boyfriend walks in, goes to the front uh, reception office. He's like, I'm looking for uh, Suzanne Jeremy. And the uh, receptionist is like, so is she a patient? He's like, no, she just came in hours ago looking for test results. And I haven't seen her and I fell asleep. And yeah. So then he bumps into another doctor. He's like, I'm here to see Suzanne Jeremy. 
And the doctor's like, I don't know if she could actually have visitors. And apparently he's only been waiting for two hours apparently outside. But it was sunny last time. And it's pitch black outside now. But it's fine. Times change really fast. Anyways, they eventually let him go to her office. And she's all excited. She's like, they won't let me go. He's like, why not? He's like, they say there's something wrong with me. And then she's like, I'm really worried about Ava, my daughter. Because, you know, Tom just left her in his apartment and went out for the night. And she's like, I I just got going. He's like, all right, let's go. And he's... He's like, well, get dressed. He's like, I don't know where my clothes is. And she's like, well, let's just go anyways. And he's like, well, you got signed. She's like, I never signed in to begin with. And then they go to use the elevator. And of course, they're met by Dr. Saxon and two nurses. And uh, Susan's like, I'm leaving. I'm not staying here. And uh, Dr. Saxon's like, yeah, you're going back to your ward, actually. You're not coming out. So the two nurses literally grab Susan and drag her back to her room. And then the new boyfriend's like, hey, this isn't necessary. What's going on? He's like, she's very ill. She cannot leave. He's like, well, can you tell me anything? He's like, no, I'll fill you in later she's very ill then we see him just being like okay fine i'm gonna sit on this bench and wait then and then the pa system says the gentleman on the eighth floor will you please pick up the phone he's like uh okay i guess that'll be me i guess then the person on the other end of the phone is giving him directions as to what room to go because he thinks he's gonna go to a room and wait for susan and he then goes into a staircase to go upstairs and it's just completely pitch dark no lights on at all. Starts walking up the stairs. And of course, he's met by the drunk Hal, who scares the living shit out of him. Then we see the new boyfriend coming out of the, the stairway. And of course, he's on the ninth floor, where it's all smoky. With Suzanne's cigarette smoke from all the smoking she's been doing. Then as he's walking down this hallway, he's met by the three old ladies that are in Susan's room. And apparently, they're looking around for Dr. Jacobs for whatever reason. This ninth floor is completely full of smoke all over the place. And he just keeps walking down the hallway like it's not a big deal then we see him get to the room that he's apparently supposed to get to to wait for suzanne which is ironic it's called room 911 or 911 knocks on the door nobody answers so then he opens the door and he hears a whispering sound saying no leave the goddamn room and then we see a light flick on and the killer is on a wheelchair behind one of those changing dividers and we hear the whispery voice being like are you sleeping together is she your mistress and he's like um excuse me Inky's walking closer and closer. And he's like, what is this, some sick joke? And he gets across the curtain, and in the wheelchair is the uh, the lady who was typing up the report. And she's dead in the wheelchair. And out of nowhere, the doctor, the killer doctor, comes out behind him with one of those, like, medical saws. And he falls back on the wheelchair. And then we just see through the reflection of the, the sunshade or the changing shade thing uh we just see the the killer you know cutting up the boyfriend to pieces well not really pieces but he's you know he's taking the saw to his throat by the looks of it we see a shot of suzanne asleep on her side in her room and then we see a doctor walking in with a big giant red heart-shaped valentine's day box as he puts it down on her dresser and we see her eyes open and she just hears the sound of like the doctor's feet just you know like sticking to the floor almost and then the doctor walks away so as soon as the doctor's left the room she actually gets up she notices the box on her nightstand so she She's all confused as to what's going on, but of course she goes to open the box. And shocking, inside that heart-shaped box is not a heart. It's actually the severed head of her new man. And she starts freaking out and screaming as she runs down the hallway. She screams and runs into a room asking for help. And it's just literally three guys in, like, full body cast. It's, like, hung up on everything. Just, like, screaming and yelling. And it's like, oh, you're not going to help me at all. Like, no, they're in full body cast. Like, legit full body cast. And then she's, like, barricaded herself in a room and then... I believe 
it's really dark. It looks like Dr. Saxon and one of the nurse breaks in the room. And she starts freaking out being like, Jack's dead. And Saxon's like, no, no, he's left. He's like, no, his head is in a box in my room. So then they drag her back to her room. We still see the red heart-shaped box on the nightstand. And of course, once the Dr. Saxon picks up the box, we notice the box is tied again. And she's like, go ahead, open it. Open it, I dare you. And then he opens up the box and inside it is a cake that says, be mine. And Saxon's like, so uh, you have an admirer we see. And then Saxon's like, so did everyone else in your room see? And we look around and the other ladies are back in their bed, which they weren't there originally to begin with. And he's like, oh, so they weren't in the bed? Hmm, convenient. And the one of the nurses is like, here, Susan, take this. And she gives her a pink and red pill that almost looks like it's almost a Pepto-Bismol pill. I'm assuming that was a thing maybe back in the day. I don't know. I, was, I can't tell you the last time I had Pepto-Bismol at all. It's always been a liquid form, though. But I'm assuming back in the 80s, it could have been pill form for all I know. I don't know. She takes the pill and the nurse leaves and says thank you. And of course, we then see J- Susan taking the pill out of her mouth, being like, yeah, of course you didn't take the pill, you dum-dum. And we see Susan slowly sneaking out of the room, down the hallway, going to the elevator, trying to buzz the elevator to come up to get her. But of course, the elevator's not showing up at all. And then we hear the sound of someone slowly walking towards her. And we see a shadow of someone slowly, like, like dragging their feet almost and heavy breathing. So then she hides off on around the corner just to try and stay out of the guy's view or the person's view. Could be a girl. We don't know yet. We can only just assume that it's our killer because that would make the most sense. Anyways, I don't really know where she's hiding, but she's hiding behind a curtain and she peeks out from the curtain and we just see the doctor standing there in his full medical gear and he's got this big silver axe in hand. And of course, she's fumbling holding her lair the whole time and she drops it on the floor and then he looks over. He's like, hmm, I wonder where that sound came from as he slowly walks down the hallway where the sound came from. But he never looks down because he would have saw the damn lighter on the floor the whole time. And then we hear the ding of the elevator door opening. So then he starts walking back the direction he just came from. Then Susan's like, you know what? I'm not going to take the elevator because I just saw him go in the elevator. So I'm going to start taking the staircase all the way down. And then she gets down a couple flights of stairs. And then nowhere Hal just grabs her from the back of the neck. And she freaks out and screams. He's like, "Uh, what are you doing down here? He's like, I'm trying to escape, actually. So can you let go of me, please? So then uh, Susan somehow makes it downstairs to where all the medical records are being held. And she sneaks in there. And we just see Dr. Saxon, you know, going through the medical records because he's trying to figure out what's going on here as well because he's a little bit confused by the whole situation as well and instead of turning the light on uh saxon's been using a a flashlight to look at these records the whole time so you turning the damn light on anyways he's panning his flashlight around and then he pans it and he sees the killer just standing there with an axe in hand so then he turns around to walk away like he's like oh i didn't see that i didn't see that at all and then he gets the axe right in the back of the head and we just see him drop to the floor and susan runs out of there screaming and then she runs back to her room by the looks of it and a bunch of nurses grab her and put her on one of the gurneys and get ready to pretty much strap her down for the night they're strapping her down with the full belt system and everything she's screaming at them being like you know i just saw a murderer don't you guys believe me what you think i am crazy and well yeah they they, they think you're crazy one of the other doctors comes in, he's like what's going on here and the nurse is like she's having a seizure it's like no that's not a symptom of a seizure at all she's saying she saw someone get murdered one doctor goes to check her pupils and she literally bites his finger he's like oh, if there's any more of this action we're gonna have to actually operate on her i'm not dealing with this crap we see this other nurse just walking down the hall fixing her hair net and then we see the killer walking down the hallway towards her with a giant sheet like blocking the way kind of thing 
everything. And he walks faster and faster for whatever reason. She's just like, ah, oh, what my God, what's going on here? And she just starts screaming and slowly walking away. It, it's a run, but it's not really a run. And like, she's not running fast enough because this doctor is able to like catch up to her, literally put the sheet around her and then stab her with a giant syringe of some something. I don't know what the hell's in it, but he just puts it into her and she, uh, you know, she twitches a little bit and she dies. I mean, she stumbles around for a bit looking like a, a cheap ghost costume for a bit, but then she eventually falls down the floor and we assume she and we see Dr. B the one who got bit, who's you know, in his little office, he's putting on his medical gloves after just washing up. He's got what he believes is Susan's x-ray up on the wall. And then out of nowhere, he just gets stabbed in the back of the throat. And we see blood go over the x-ray and we just see him drop to the ground and he's dead. And then we see our killer just stumbling into uh, Susan's room. She wakes up and starts screaming and then we see him pushing her down the hallway. Still attached to the gurney as he's got his hand over top of her mouth to muffle the screaming. I mean, at this point, there might not be too many people that are actually still alive that aren't patients inside this hospital by the looks of it and we see her, her getting pushed in the elevator to get taken up to that ninth floor the smoky floor and then we see him taking her to an operating table we see her fighting trying to fight him off while he's transferring her to the operating table but it's not doing any good because he's stronger than her of course because he's the killer and then he like stops filling her up for a minute and she just lays there just looking over at the all the operating tools that he's got and you know at this point in time you could have probably booked it off that table just saying and as he goes to grab one of the medical tools she pulls down his face mask. He's like, Harry. He's like, no, it's not Harry. Don't you remember? It's Harold. Don't you remember? And then we have the flashback scene to the beginning of the movie where, you know, Harold drops off the uh, Valentine's Day card and she laughs about it and crumples it up. And she's like, well, what do you want with me? He's like, what I've always wanted. There's a little pause as he's like feeling up her face. He's like, I've always wanted your heart. Then the three old ladies that are from Susan's room come into that room and they catch him off guard. So then she grabs one of the big jet, giant medical knives and literally stabs him. And then there's a chase off in the hospital as she's trying to run away for her life and he's chasing after her. And of course she hides in that room with that leaky goddamn tap again. We see Harry or Harold, depending on what you want to call him. You know, he's stumbling around in that room holding that knife because apparently that knife is lodged like inside of his stomach somewhere then while hiding in that room of course she's not a good hire because she knocks her a glass and that kind of gives away her position and then she decides to climb up a ladder that's set up in the room somewhere and then he grabs her by the ankle so then she grabs this this open giant beaker of liquid that says flammable on the side of it and dumps it on his face by accident but she just pulls on it and it falls down and then she runs out of the room and he's of course you know giving chase because he just got all this stuff in his face she then somehow goes outside this door which i believe is now she's on the roof hiding i assume the roof because when we're watching Harold go up the stairs yeah it makes sense that would be the roof because i thought originally she was going down the stairs but maybe i was, wasn't looking at the right time we see Harold on the roof as well and he's got that knife now out of him and his uh white medical suit is pretty much red at this point because of the amount of blood loss but he's still stumbling his way along to try and you know find his little sweetheart because he wants her heart we hear him stumbling closer and she looks down and she sees a metal pipe just laying there on the ground so she's like i'm gonna pick up this pipe i'm gonna start wailing him in the head till he's on the ground she goes to like walk across him and then he grabs her by the ankle and they fall down to the ground while she falls down on the ground and then he gets on top of her and he's got the knife getting ready to like stab her right in the face by the looks of it but we also see her her zippo fall out of her pocket or wherever she was holding it i don't even know where she would be holding it she doesn't have a pocket she's in a hospital again we're not going to question that as she's trying to hold him back she grabs her zippo and flings it on and literally he goes up in flames as he's you know on fire you know screaming for well he's not actually even screaming for her he's just screaming making mumbling sounds and he's slowly starting to chase after 
her as she runs up against the like the balcony area of the roof and she just like stumbles out of the way and he falls right off the roof falling straight down to the ground on fire and it's like this you can definitely tell it's a dummy falling off the roof because it just looks like a rag doll essentially it's kind of funny and that was like the next day and she's coming out of the hospital and we see the hospital's full of people and she's in her attire that she went into the hospital with and then we see tom and the kid picking her up and the she the kid runs over and gives her a big hug and then that's the outro credits and that's the end of the movie that's it that's all she wrote folks I mean, it's a very abrupt ending. We didn't really need to see her meeting up with her daughter and her ex-husband. We could just end it with the ragdoll falling off. But I understand why they did it. It's fine, I guess. Um, on the rotten scale, though, this movie wasn't too bad. Uh, the Valentine aspect, the concept, is actually really well done. Uh, and the, the fact that the intern the whole time was just the killer. I, I kind of figured it was, but I wasn't 100% sure. At one point in time, I thought maybe it was Dr. Saxon. But once we saw him get an axe in the back of the head, of course it wasn't him. So on the rotten scale out of 10, I'm going to give this one a 4.5. 5 out of 10. I uh, didn't love it, didn't hate it, just kind of middle of the road. Some of the kills, eh. Some of the, the way it was shot, eh, it's alright. It's a canon film, so I enjoyed it nonetheless, so hopefully you guys will check it out. Like I said, it's free on uh, YouTube. It says it's a 4K quality, but it doesn't really look 4K, but still a good movie nonetheless, so definitely go check it out. And it's a Valentine's Day movie, it's February, so go go watch it for all you lovey-dovey people who want to watch Valentine's Day movie. So, we're at that point where we pick next week's movie. It's going to be another first time for us, at least I don't remember this one at all. I know you guys are probably tired of hearing that because I seem to be saying that a lot, but that's why I got the podcast. I want to do movies I've never seen before. Um, this movie is from 1983. It's a Steve Martin movie. The Man with Two Brains. Uh, I've watched the trailer. It looks interesting. Hopefully it'll be a good movie. I think it should be. It's Steve Martin. It's from the 80s. I love 80s movies. I love 90s movies. 70s movies. Not too bad. It depends on the movie. So I'm looking forward to watching this one. Hopefully you guys will find a copy of it and watch it along with me. Or just watch it ahead of time. We'll, we'll see. Or just listen to the podcast. Yeah, that works as well. As always, make sure to check out the outro band, trial based horror band, Blood Opera. Uh, their new song has been linked in the or playing in the outro of this podcast series for a few episodes now it's been a while uh, we might switch it up with some of their older songs as well but hopefully you guys enjoy them go give them a like go give them a follow subscribe whatever all their links are down below as well you can find them on all social media accounts instagram spotify soundcloud youtube facebook just go check them out and as always you can find me on all social media accounts as well at typhon sign we've got the x the instagram facebook um the youtube channel will be the main thing like i said earlier in the podcast definitely go check that out we got the weekly game video coming every wednesday we got shorts coming out we have the live streams old episodes of the podcast as well and we got a lot of content coming out for that so definitely go check that out give that a like turn on the bell notifications that way you get notified each and every single time i go live or post a new video until next time i'll talk to you guys all later peace rest in peace again and so the dead will rise up and take over the earth and you must you've got to get to dunwich you must reclose those gates